lovely to be back again this evening and to share with you in your evening service. Isaiah 40 says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. What a great God that we uh, have. Our first praise is Psalm 90, verses 1 to 7, to the tune Syracuse. Is that right? Syracuse. Uh, Psalm 90, verses 1 to 7. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in generations all before thou ever hadst brought forth the mountains great or small. Verse 5, uh, a very intriguing chapter is Revelation chapter 12. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and it cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered. For to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared for God. Of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought on his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe. Have we note here in my sermon notes of first 
prepared and preached this sermon in 2012. Must have been the summer of 2012 because the news was dominated by by floods in the UK. And really every year we have floods. And even more recent, was it about October time that Newry was flooded and other parts of the province, but Newry seemed to have come off worse. And I remember watching the news and seeing a church and thinking, oh, that's a church there that's been flooded. And I found out the next couple of days reading the newspaper, it was Newry Reformed Presbyterian Church uh, under two feet of, of water. So it must be devastating to have your home flooded like that or your business I remember in Bellamina when the bottom of the tomb road used to flood. As you're coming down past Camp Hill, uh, there's the Free Presbyterian Church, but just at the end, uh, there's a little row of houses on your left. And you wouldn't think, but, but just that part of the road just sits in, a, in just a wee bit of a like, like a, like a saucer as you're coming down. But that used to flood. And uh, there used to be a woman come along to the church that I was in and I saw her home under three feet of water. That's how much I would have been there. So we, we know about floods and we know what floods are. And I'm sure that uh, uh, river here arises up quite a bit as well. I don't know if it has ever come over into the car park or not. It would be up some height if it did. But we know what floods are. But just this morning as I spoke on rivers. And there are figurative rivers as well as literal real rivers. These things are parables. Jesus used things. He, 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 he drew spiritual lessons from everyday common things that people knew. He used sheep, he used seed, he used light, he used many things. And the simple basic definition of parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, isn't it? The same with floods. Did you notice the flood in Revelation chapter 12? And I want to bring three of these floods to you tonight. Revelation chapter 12 is a behind the scenes chapter. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6 and 12 tells us. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We can see flesh and blood. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We fight against the powers that are behind flesh and blood. That are often instigating flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Against the powers of darkness. 
against Satan and his hordes of demons. That's what we're fighting against. We read in this chapter, in the first few verses, around the time of the birth of Christ. And this chapter tells us what the devil was doing around the time of the birth of Christ. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun. That a woman is not Mary, but it would be, it would be a Israel. It would be the church that gave birth to Christ. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. So the woman is the church. The child is, um, is Christ. We see in verse 5, And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the dragon, in verse 3, is clearly the devil. Look at the, the, uh, the descriptions given of him. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And this chapter records his, his fall. Verses 7 to 9. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought with his angels. And prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan. Which deceiveth the whole world. And he was cast out into the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Now, when exactly this took place, we don't know. It was perhaps the time of Christ's uh, ascension. Because remember in Job chapter 1, we read that the sons of God came to appear before God and Satan came also among them. Were there times like that throughout the Old Testament where Satan could do that? We see his fall. We see his following in verse 4. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And we're told that these stars were his angels. The dragon fought and his angels. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. A third Part of the stars. You see God made angels. A very interesting study is the subject of angels. We read of uh, 10,000 times 10,000 of angels. An innumerable company of angels. But a third of them sided with Satan and went with him. Two-thirds remained loyal to God. One-third 
went with Satan. The lovely comforting thing to us is there are more of God's angels than there are of Satan's. <coughs> and God's angels look after his people day by day. As the last verse of Hebrews 1 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who shall be heirs of salvation? So we have his fall and his following and his ferocity. In verse 3, he's a, 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 a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And verse 4 says, And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. You can fit that in to Matthew chapter 2. When Herod sent his soldiers out to kill every male child two years old and under in Bethlehem and the surrounding districts, hoping that one of those children would be Christ. This is what Satan was doing behind the scenes. This was what was going on in the spiritual world. The dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And verse 9, he's that old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. His ferocity, he has a ferocious nature, his murderous nature, his intimidating nature, his subtle nature called the devil and Satan. Slanderous one, false accuser, one who maligns, adversary, opposer, one who lies in ambush for. So this chapter talks about his, his fall and his following and his ferocity and his focus. In verse 17, what's he doing now? And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's his focus. His focus is upon the church to attack the church. And I'm getting to my subject. His fall, his following, his ferocity, his focus. But we see his flood. A flood is an unclean thing. A flood will bring sewage into your house. It'll bring drainage into your house, into the business. A flood has all the dirt of the day in it. Look at Satan's flood. How does he attack the church? 
Because what we're seeing here is the flood of Satan and all his rebellion. Verses 15 and 16. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman. Where does this water, where does this flood water come from? But Satan's mouth. Satan has a filthy mouth. There's never anything clean comes out of his mouth. He's rotten. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman. That he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. You know the way the, a flood can carry things away. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood. Which the dragon cast out of his mouth. You know, whenever there's a flood, and I'm sure Nuri is in the, pro is in the process of a cleaning up operation. And things will get back to normal. And businesses and homes and the church will be redecorated and refloored and all the rest of it. But this is a flood that keeps on. There's no cleaning up operation, lives are ruined by this flood. A flood will recede. A literal flood will recede. Normality will be resumed. Preventative measures will be taken. That <coughs> hopefully it doesn't happen anymore. But this is not your home that's flooded. This is your heart. Your heart can be flooded. This is a flood that you don't want. This is a flood that you have to take preventive measures. That you're not, that your heart is not flooded by the filthy flood of the foe. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be Carried away of the flood. What kind of. Things would this be. What is his. Uh, tactics here. As one has said. It is all manner of delusions. A flood of hatred and violence. Which threatens to overwhelm the church. False religious teachings. False Philosophies, false charges. But God's church is kept safe. As long as they are, as long as they drink from the fountain of living waters, as we noticed that this morning, God, Jeremiah chapter 2. God is the fountain of living waters. That is a description of God. It's the earth that is speaking of those who are, are not Christians. 
It's the earth that helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth. It's not the woman opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood. It's the earth that opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. It's the world that drinks in all the, the manner of delusions, hatred and violence and so on, false religious teachings and false philosophies and false charges. You think of the, the things that are about today. Look at the, the, the filthy flood of Satan today. What's the church up against today? We're up against evolution. Uh, creation is, is rubbished. The first 11 chapters of, of Genesis are doubted even within the church. The very first verse of the Bible is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How important a verse is that? There's evolution, which even is taught in schools and universities. And if you're a believer at all and believe in a young earth creation and, and that the world is only around 6,000 years old, that the answers in Genesis and Creation Ministries International would teach, oh, you're just scorned and laughed at for being so simplistic. Science has all the answers. Hebrews 11 says, by faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. It doesn't say by science we understand, by faith. And then we have, a, we have abortion. And we have same-sex marriage. And we, we have transgenderism. And it's almost nauseating, isn't it? Well, in fact, it is nauseating. A wee boy in primary school wants, I want to be a wee girl. And it changes the name and Dresses as a wee girl, lets his hair grow like a wee girl. The wee girl wants to be a wee boy. She wants to dress as a wee boy. She gets her hair cut like a wee boy. And the teacher has to accept this and, and uh, call them by, by a boy's name, a girl's name. And if they don't, they're sacked. They lose their job. This is the flood. This is the filthy flood of Satan. The earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood. Which the dragon cast out of his mouth. The people of God stay by the word of God. The unsaved carried away in the flood waters of falsehood, malice, crime and all vices of sin. As long as the world absorbs the flood of Satan's lies and the church 
drinks from the fountain of divine truth, the separation between the two will remain clear and distinct. But when the woman begins to compromise with Satan and his lies, becoming submerged in his river of falsehood, tragedy follows. And unfortunately in some circles we can see that. We can see that. We can see the church flooded with this flood of Satan. And so we have the flood of Satan and his rebellion. I want you to turn to First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. And we see the flood of sin and all its deception. We'll just read the first five verses. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of wrath, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. Now, it doesn't mention floods here in the authorised version. And where it says, to the same access of wrath, I'm told there's only two churches that use the authorised version in the Reformed Presbyterian denomination. That's yourselves here and Loch Brickland. There's other ministers will use the ESV and the NIV, even some of them. And the New King James Version. I like the New King James Version, I must confess. But the ESV will say, run not with them to the same flood of debauchery. The NIV in New King James says to the same flood of dissipation. Wherein they think it's strange that you run not with them to the same flood of dissipation, to the same flood of debauchery, speaking evil of you. But it's the use of the word flood. To the same access of of wrath. And one has said, they do not think it's strange when people wreck their bodies, destroy their, li- uh, their homes, and ruin their lives by running from one sin to another. But let a drunkard become sober, or an immoral person pure, and the family thinks he has lost his mind. What a strange, twisted world in which we live in. 
they think it's strange that you run not with them to the same access of wrath, to the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. Someone who's maybe the odd one out. Again, this flood indicates this access of rat, this ratus prodigal, loose living, this lifestyle indicates an overflowing or pouring out of a substance that springs up and flows down as lava from the crater of a volcano. Speaking evil of you. Maybe once friends, boozing partners, etc. Once friends. But here's a person who at one time did run in the same access of wrath, was flooded with dissipation, but the Lord saved them. And verse 5 is challenging, isn't it? Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead, the living and the dead. Those who, who live like this, those who run with the same access of wrath, those who speak evil of other people, those who laugh at them, think they're strange. These Christian people are strange. They don't seem to enjoy life. You know, their enjoyment is a night out. They don't enjoy life anymore. Oh, they used to come with us to the club. Now they, they go to the prayer meeting. Now they go to a Bible study. I mean, what enjoyment is there in that? They think it's strange. But they must give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Ecclesiastes 11 verses 9 and 10 says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. Yes, by all means, enjoy yourself. Youth is the best years of life, maybe. But how are you going to enjoy yourself? But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh for childhood and youth are vanity. Book of Ecclesiastes, again, a very interesting, intriguing book. I, I've done a series on it. And the very last two verses sums up I'm everything. Solomon was looking at life. There's a secular look at Ecclesiastes. Solomon sought to set out 
to look at what life would be like without God. And he was very wealthy. I think it's chapter 2 tells us of all the things that he did. He made gardens, he made homes, he got orchestras. He kept back nothing. But he came to the conclusion, you know, I'm still empty. This is vanity. And chapter 12, 13, 14 says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every work into judgment, every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Those are heart-searching verses. So one has said that the best way to have a happy adult life and a contented old age is to get a good start early in life and avoid the things that will bring trouble later on. Young people who take care of their minds and bodies avoid the destructive sins of the flesh and build good habits of health and holiness have a better chance for happy adult years than those who sow their wild oats and pray for a crop failure. Youthful sins lay a foundation for aged sorrows. So these are floods that we don't want. These are floods that we want to avoid. These are floods that we don't want to happen to us. The flood of Satan and all his deception and the flood of sin or sorry, the flood of Satan and all his rebellion and the flood of sin and all its deception. Sin deceives. Might appear lovely, but it destroys. Might be very attractive, but it destroys. But here's a flood that we do want. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 1, if you want to turn to Isaiah chapter 44, we have the Spirit and all his transformation. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offspring. Isn't this the flood that you want? You don't want your home to be flooded, but you want your heart to be flooded. Not with the flood of Satan, not with the flood of sin, but with the flood of the Spirit. As I said this morning that water, whether it, be, whether it come in the form of, of a river or a flood, 
or streams. It's often used in the scriptures to imply plenteous, abundant, divine blessings. Particularly the abundant influences of the Holy Spirit. God says, for I will. That's his promise. He will do it. I will. And we see the provision. I will pour water. It's not just going to be a wee, a wee trickle. There's going to be plenty of it. I will pour. That's the provision. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. That's the problem. Are you thirsty? Do you want more of God? Do you want more of him? Do you want to know him more? Not just to be contented with a a casual acquaintance with him. But all to know him deeply and intimately. Do you have this thirst? The psalmist had this thirst, didn't he? As the deer pants for water, so my soul pants after you, thirsts after you. The psalmist wanted to know more of God. I will, the promise, pour water. Upon him that is thirsty. Pour water being floods. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. And floods upon the dry ground. Do you ever feel that your life is at times dry? That's the place. Upon dry ground. Do you ever feel dry? Do you ever feel just washed out? Dry ground. You need those showers of blessing to fall upon your life. And verses 4 to 6 we have the prospect. And they shall spring up as among the grass as willows by the water courses. One shall say I am the Lord's. And another shall call himself by the name of Jacob. And another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord. And surname himself by the name of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. That's the prospect. There there would be great blessing. There would be great growth from the floods upon the dry ground. Nothing grows on dry ground. But if it's seeded and then it floods on it, if it pours water on it, then there will be growth. This is the flood that we want, isn't it? Not the flood of Satan and all his his rebellion. Not the flood of sin and all his deception. But the flood of the Spirit and all his transformation. So the next time you see images of flood or hear that there's been a flood, again, these are parables. The Lord is teaching us through these things. 
These are everyday things. Let us learn spiritually from them. Apply them to our hearts and lives. So again, may the Lord bless his word.